You're listening to The Tech Box. Welcome everybody to episode 36 of The Tech Box. I'm David Rich and I'm joined, I'll say as always, but um, <laughs> there are other members, um, James Honeyball. Hi James. Hey Dave, how's it going? Yeah, yeah, not bad. How are you keeping? You keeping okay? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Keeping uh, fit and well. Episode 36, hey? Yeah, that's quite a lot, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's going great guns. Okay, then we'll, I'll move into our opening subject and uh, we'll have a chat about foldables. <laughs> hey, see what I did there? Foldables, uh, yeah, yeah. That, they do open. They do, that indeed. There's been um, foldables hit the market, hasn't there, since... Um, since well we last spoke certainly i don't know whether you chatted with this about with richard no um, they've certainly been announced yeah i don't think any have hit the market unless the the, the roly or royale one that they showed at um was it ces they showed some uh, yeah, so very early folding ones i don't know if that one has actually come out yet but certainly everyone's preparing their folding phones at the moment aren't they so a bit of context just for the listener there's two key players isn't there there's samsung and huawei at the moment as far as i'm yeah, aware the big ones. yeah yeah and the huawei one opens is it the screen's on the outside and it folds outwards and yeah. the Samsung is closed like a book and the screen is on the inside. Exactly, yeah. Immediately, immediately, screen protector fans here are going to have an absolute fit when it comes to the Huawei one. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to be but, putting it down all the time on the on the, uh, on the the screen? Yeah, you can't help but put it down on the screen no matter which way you orient it, which is uh, kind of interesting. But I have to say that after some careful consideration... The Huawei way is the only way to go. The Huawei way. If you look at, uh, if you just compare the two devices, the Samsung one, yes, it protects the big screen by folding it over. Yeah. But uh, it folds over in such a way that it can't fold completely closed. So there's a gap. So surface book style. Yeah, surface book style. So it doesn't crease the display with like a little crease down the center um it has two screens so it has a bit of complexity there whereas yeah. the Huawei in fact only has one big wraparound screen that outside screen as well on the samsung isn't the best is it let's be honest it looks certainly bezily but i can't imagine they'll skimp on the panel so i imagine it'll be it'll look good although bezily i'll say functional i'll yeah. go with function it looks functional yeah, for the one-handed definitely. use. Very Nokia communicator-ish, I think. Definitely, yeah, that is a good point. It looks very Nokia communicatory. Yeah, sort of it barely does the does the job, but the, the, the main screen is on the inside and they've got the mother of all notches, I would appear, but well yeah. hidden, well hidden. Yeah, it's good to have a corner notch, and I think <laughs> this is a notch configuration that I'm actually quite keen on, and we haven't... I don't think we've seen a corner notch like this before, no. so... I'm not, you know, the the hole punch is, you know, it's okay. But the thing about the hole punch is that you've got those surrounding pixels around the um, top and around the edge of the hole that are really wasted. And I know that they're lit up and they are part of the screen, but you're not going to get any information there. So you might as well just move the notch into the corner, a bit like the uh, notch in the corner on the the Galaxy Fold. Or is it Galaxy? F- yeah, Galaxy Fold, I think. Yeah, we're in funny times at the moment, aren't we? Because I think a few years ago, probably three three or four years ago, we were saying, you know, there's nowhere they can go, where are they going, and and all this. And, and now we're here with, with foldable 
smartphones and and i and did you listen to the latest eight uh, accidental tech podcast james no well actually i probably have so where john discusses these foldables and he john Syracuse, he has this concept that the smartphone is this naked robotic core that we bolt things on yes yeah and he's of the opinion that foldables it's, it'll get the job done at the moment with the technology we've got however let's just look at televisions look how thin tvs are and that they sort of roll to the wall now like wallpaper and yeah. that he sort of sees his naked robotic core sort of model applying to that where you're going to have your main processing unit sort of in your pocket and you're going to have uh, a, a rollout screen that it sort of connects to it and then you've got the headset which will connect to it and these are all peripherals your watch connects to it so it's not the actual device these are just sort of ways to view the device and he's sort of excited because he thinks these foldable screens more than anything is a way of sort of eventually being detached from the device if that makes sense yeah not I... the device itself if he, the problem is is uh, i kind of understand where he's coming from there but the device itself I mean, apart from the battery, is very little. You know, it's, it, the, the, the circuit boards on these modern phones are tiny. The CPU and RAM and everything else is tiny. And therefore, the gubbins of a phone is really just the batteries plus mm. a few small circuit boards around the edges. So, uh, yeah, you might... I don't know quite they, how you they've detach do, they've the done battery it with from the these, screen. They've done it with the wallpaper TVs, haven't they, where they've sort of taken the guts yeah. and put it below... When, I, when I've always thought of, you know, where we might get to in a final uh, design, I've kind of thought, well, we'd have, the, you know, those scrolls, the sort of Japanese-style scrolls you see sometimes on yes. films or on yep. cartoons where you sort of s stretch it out like a single roll of wallpaper. But I kind of see that you might have a phone that looks a little bit like that. So it goes in your pocket and you can kind of somehow you unravel it and you've got uh, lots of screen. But I do, th I, I am very firmly of the opinion that, the phone that we've ended up with, which is kind of like the uh, the epitome of, I guess, is the the full screen phones that we're currently seeing now. That is quite a uh, an obvious endpoint for these phone devices. Do you know what I mean? We've yeah. been heading in this direction for a long time, and I don't see us doing too much more, but continuing to refine that form factor. There's, you know, a lot of what has made uh, phones popular is they're handheld, you hold it in one hand, you prod it with the other, or you use your thumb. They're, they're firm, and you can make the gestures on them. And if you're just playing about with a piece of paper in your hand or a bit of plastic film in your hand, it's not quite so much of a experience. So I do see that that Huawei-style folding phone where you, where you have a single screen that wraps around so you unfurl a bit of it, to bake a bigger screen i think that's got legs um but i don't see us going i don't see us going to a position where the phone is dis is sort of distributed into multiple different pieces because we can do that now and okay we do it with bluetooth headphones i guess to a certain degree um but i don't see that being uh, the final uh, destination because thinking about it logically, to go with the foldables long term, you can't fold glass, can you? So You can't, but you can get some nice feeling plastic. But is this plastic going to scratch or will we all just learn to live with the scratches? I think we might learn to live with the scratches, you know. I fear we probably have to, would have to. So therefore, no screen protectors for everyone. 
No, I don't think so. Because <laughs> um, if you think about it, even if you stuck a, a, um, a screen protector on a folding phone, that's going to cause some resistance to when you fold it round. If you kind yeah. of imagine what I'm saying, it's going to so yeah, it's going to stretch you, it, isn't it? Exactly, and, yeah, and it's going to get the biggest bubble ever. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. In fact, I think it would probably stop the if you put a a massive sticky screen protector on that Huawei screen I reckon it'll probably stop it folding all the way around and closing yeah that that certainly the Huawei is the one that I I like specs aside and all that sort of stuff because I'm I'm sort of not driven by specs anymore James I'm more of a style man and the way that that looks is, mm. is very nice very nice mm. it is large it is thick and I think the promo videos sort of do hide it slightly well but it's not i don't think it's, is it as large as the samsung oh i haven't i don't know i've not got the specs yeah, in front I, of me I, that's the one i would go for if i had to yeah. spare two thousand pounds that i could throw at a, a a phone and it wouldn't imagine it wouldn't really surprise you if apple walked out on stage and unveiled that i don't think that ah. so uh, okay. do, do you think that's going to happen do you think i don't they're necessarily going to do think that's going to happen but i do think that the design is so elegant mm. and i do the simply it's all quite simple that it's just a square screen that just wraps around the back and you've got that kind of amazon kindle oasis style sort of spine that sort of has all the cameras and the circuitry and the battery in and everything and it's just i just think it's it's quite quite a beautiful design really so if apple were ever going to do a foldable which i'm not saying that they would but if they ever were then that is certainly uh i can imagine that's the one that they would come up with yeah can you imagine that can you imagine two iphone x uh 10s max folding yeah. in half that fold out into a big ipad yeah i don't think they would be selling that cheap would they <laughs> no no can you imagine that well you know what was two iphone 10s max is what for 20 uh, 2400 pounds yeah yes, Actually, that's, isn't that pretty much what the uh, that Huawei is going to cost anyway? Yeah, it, well, Samsung's was just shy of two thousand. I, I didn't really get the price on that. The sort of it's dream money yeah. for me that to spend. I, a thought, I think so you're right. Samsung was just under. I yeah, think, yeah. Huawei's, I think like forty pounds under. Or was it just uh, a, a little bit under? I can't remember. I'll wait for Richard to get one, and then I'll get yeah, his views. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah we need Richard to will test get one it first. Yeah. <laughs> probably get both he'll be able to do a sort of um either or comparison for us yeah well money to throw about isn't he so uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll wait for richard to get them both in and we will have a tech box comparison absolutely okay so um i've been moving recently haven't i and uh i, I nearly lost data again james uh, this sends a small chill down my spine when we talk about data loss obviously it's the one thing that us geeks fear yeah so i thought so after my last data loss you know when i lost all my sort of plex videos and all sorts of stuff i did you actually lose videos i did i, I lost oh. my whole plex library last time oh, uh, and i deemed it not it was in it was backed up to back plays but pulling down a terabyte oh, I just thought, saying. Yeah, yeah 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 it wasn't worth it um so the, after then, I implemented my raid strategy. So I thought, you know, I'll, I'll be I'll be clever about this. I've got a lot. So the, the, it, listeners probably remember I've spoken about this before, but I have a Mac Mini server, 
have Mac Mini running uh, Mac OS server, and then I have USB drives plugged into that server over USB 3. Um, I've probably got maybe five or six, so I've probably got about 20 terabytes in, in total plugged in. And to be fair, it works well. It's fast over USB 3, accesses it over the network, perfectly fine. It's been really solid. But as I said, I, I lost that drive. So this, so what I did was I I thought, well, 20 terabytes, it's a lot of space. I'm, I'm quite happy to have 10 terabytes. So I just literally created a RAID 1. Uh, on my software drive, Plex drive, and a couple of other drives, so it was just duplicating itself basically. Um, so that's thought, a total of total of six hard drives, is it? I think I had about six hard drives. I didn't I didn't put them all into Vader. I just put my main drives into okay. into Vader. I didn't that I deemed I don't want to lose this data. Um, so I had my software drive was in raid one so duplicating itself, and my Plex drive was, and I think I had another drive. So that's that's fine. That's been working for a good year or so, perfectly well. But I, I've been moving, and I've been setting up the system in the new environment, and I've been pulling the wrong plugs here and there. And I think I put, I, you know, I, I pushed my luck a bit too much because, quite literally, all of the ones that were raided had lost a second disc. So it had become degraded. It was telling me that they raid on the software drive and the Plex drive. And I think, as I said, there's another drive. I think I call it the scratch disk. It's just sort of like, um, it's where I put my projects that I'm working on. Those were degraded. All of all three raids were degraded by one drive. I could rebuild the scratch. I could rebuild the Plex drive. But I couldn't rebuild the software drive. Hmm. So I fortunately it did its job. So I don't I don't count this as a catastrophe. I was able to pull the software off the software drive onto a spare one, recreate the raid and put it back. But I figured this was too close to comfort, so I bought myself a Synology instead. Ah, okay. So yeah, I can see sometimes when you have these uh, near misses yes. with data loss, it does kind of prompt you to take action, doesn't yeah. it? So I didn't. I didn't spend a fortune on this Synology. I think I got one on eBay. It's only a two-drive one, um, but I thought, do you know what? I'm cobbling this together, and I'm the weakest link here. I would rather have a piece, a, a system that will do it for me. The Synology. It's basically what it does. It's not foolproof, but I'm hoping that's gonna that's gonna protect my most important data from me basically okay and um, have you got it all set up yet no i haven't i've been chasing the postman for it for a few days but i have it it's in my possession and it's going to be set up um like i say i think it's a 2013 2014 model uh, because have you, have you looked at the prices of these synologies yes that's why very, i very expensive. use them <laughs> yeah yeah I, I got a good deal i think it paid about 80 pounds for it off ebay uh, yes. Good old eBay, and it, it yep. looks—it's really good. And yeah, it's not as powerful as some of the newer ones with terms of RAM and CPU. But I figure the USB three bus is a little bit dodgy at times. Yeah, yeah and I'm—I've tr- been trusting that for a good few years now. Yeah, yeah. So um, I will ha- have the Synology. I will have a backup USB three drive plugged into it to to back it up. And obviously, th- there's the redundancy of one disk as well in there. So I'm hoping. This cures my ills. Yeah, I think the thing about the Synology, if you want to get a newer one, is it just comes with more features and, you know, probably a slight, you know, faster 
access and yeah. you might find that your 2013 one may not saturate gigabit network but it might might do half of it you know it, um, it, it's it's more archival than anything so i don't, yeah. don't need it to be constantly on the network piping things across it just yeah. to, just to store and just to archive but it's the four bay ones that are very expensive they yes. seem to they seem to be where the money is Crikey. yeah well i run an eight bay nas so getting an eight bay one would be uh prohibitively expensive yeah. which is why i run um free nas which is yes. the free um free bsd version of um a nas the thing about this technology is if you have one of these super good ones or super new ones, you can run the Plex server on there that, and get it to do the transcoding. Yep. You know, you can run VPN servers on there. You can run BitTorrent servers on there and all the rest of it. You know, you can do a lot out of these uh, Synology uh, servers. But for me, I just want a NAS to be a NAS um, and share via, okay, maybe share via um, NFS and you know, Windows shares and yeah, you know, maybe FTP, but you know, I only want some very basic functionality and I just want it to be reliable. And touch wood, my home built FreeNAS server, the latest iteration of it, has been going probably about five or six years, you know. Yeah, that, well, that's what I love about a server. You just forget about it, don't you? Yeah. You set it up, you forget about it. And I've toyed with the FreeNAS. Um, it's just time, really. Time and yeah. Do I know it enough to trust yeah. my data to it? Yeah. But I've also noticed Synology as well. You can build your own Synology. There's uh, a, can the, you? They've open sourced the uh, the main software, have they? They haven't, but other people have. Um, and is I it think for it, other people is a conf- to do that? Say again? Is it for other people to uh, rip so off somebody else's software? It, it seems to be a common thing. I, I don't know whether there's any protections involved or, or anything like that, but it's very common if you if you do a quick Google that. So I don't even know if Synology, they may very well have open-sourced it. It's very easy to do. You just build your own hardware and load it on with a Linux kernel, and it, it performs exactly the same as. I think you, it's a, you load a config file in to tell you it what Synology NAS you've got. Obviously, if you've got four bays, you call it a four-bay model number or something like that. Um, and then it, it just sets about doing it. Obviously, you can't get the automatic updates because it's not a proper Synology, but people, it's it's a thing, apparently. Right, okay, that's interesting. You just yeah. apply your own updates manually to it. So you get all that functionality of Synology, but on your own hardware. It, it does okay. seem to be a thing. Okay, so you're on the journey to get into a good place with your with your backups i'm yeah. still using my uh massive hard drive to uh get that up onto uh oh, no, it, scares it scares me it scares me that. I, I got myself a network cabinet didn't i you know a small yeah that's an impressive little um yeah. comms room you're building there it's good yeah i'm thinking every patch house panel should next. have a good comms room that's what i say patch panel patch panel yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's on the, that's on the list and fully, you know, they get the house fully decked out in uh, Cat Six cable. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a sore subject with my internet speeds at the moment, James. Ah, uh, yes, you probably don't need Cat Six, do you? No, I probably a carrier cat pigeon. One, be, whatever that was. The cat can carry do. upstairs faster. Let's be honest. Yeah. Okay, so let's. Um, it amuses me um, 
that you have found yourself your new house has um, not got the fastest of internet speed so um, give us the latest uh, speed test results so I've gone from 450 megabytes down which megabits megabits megabytes megabits anyway it was fast yeah to an impressive I've got well my line sync speed is 33 and a half that's not bad my guarantee with yeah my guaranteed speed is 57 Ah, that's a little yes. bit less than your guaranteed speed then. And in reality, I'm probably getting over the Wi-Fi, oh, 20? Oh, and I thought the one that I, sh- I saw earlier yeah. was a bit lower than that. Yeah, and depending on where I'm stood, <laughs> it can go down below a minute. It, it's, there's something wrong with it. I've got a BT engineer coming tomorrow. It should be up at the 57 because I can get, apparently, the max is 70. And I'm down at 33.5 sync speed and... I've been using their kit, The I've gone with Vodafone. I'm yeah. using their router at the moment just while I was in the 10-day bedding period so they couldn't turn around and say to me, you weren't using our kit, that's why yeah, it's rubbish. Yeah, that's fair, that's fair, yeah. I've got my own kit, I've put it in. It's slightly better, it appears. I think this house is made of lead because <laughs> I tell you what, getting it, either that or it's, it's next to sort of an EMP sort of farm or something like that, because I've never known Wi-Fi to degrade so much the speed. So Interesting. That is interesting, isn't it? The signal strength is there. However, it, the actual throughput seems to be absolutely appalling. Um, so my router that I've got to replace Vodafone's, I, I, I can only call it carnage, is, yeah. a, is, is a lot better, to be fair. It's solved dead spots here, there and everywhere. So that... I could live with because over Wi-Fi I don't do anything critical anyway. It's all I use Ethernet cable for my machines. Probably. So is your your router? Have you got like a two box modem and router supplied by the broadband company to start off with, or is it a no, single? No, it's VDSL one? now, and that's built into your router. Yes, I had to. So I had to buy. I had to buy that. Yeah. Did you just get a VDSL modem, or yeah. did you get a modem router? I got a modem router. Okay. So I, I got a Motorola. I got a Motorola one to replace Vodafone's absolute rubbish. And the the Motorola one I've got is sort of it has got WAN and it's got the VDSL built in. Um, so I haven't heard of Motorola doing um, Wi-Fi routers. No, me neither. But do you know what? I I think it's an American model that's being sold over here. Ah, uh, maybe yeah. Because I've got channel ranges, which oh, okay. yeah. are not here, and and that helps. I can oh, put it onto, because you're using unofficial illegal channels. Yeah, I can put it onto 128, and that will... I can only assume my neighbour has, like, a Wi-Fi server farm next door. Yes, yeah, yeah. And sort of deck, decked every room out with sort of five or six yeah. aerials. Yeah. So I, I'm trying to overpower them. Right, okay. My, it's a that, megawatt race. Yeah, yeah. so my, my, my plan is to go on channels that aren't even in this country, which yeah. I've done a channel scan. And they don't have this capability, so that's one up for me. Okay. My yeah. next one is to put enough repeaters around the house that I can saturate everyone with my Wi-Fi. I yeah. will win the arms race. Sounds sounds good. Yeah. I will get there, and that should solve my Wi-Fi issues. Obviously, kill theirs, but that that's not an issue to me. I, I want to win. Um, Absolutely. So you you've got a good challenge here. You've got to go from sort of two megabits to eighty megabits in. Uh, just by sort of throwing money and antennas at the problem. Yeah, yeah, pretty okay, pretty nice. much boosters. I'm going to see if I can get like sort of, you know, 
they, these there might be like unofficial firmwares I can put on there to sort of really yeah oh, I'm sure yeah, yeah yeah just have to go to some dodgy back channels to get some uh, illegal mods and yeah. you should be should be away yeah it's the router race I will win but I'll, I'll keep reporting back because obviously one megabyte megabit or whatever it is down is absolutely abysmal okay but we'll get so there. I believe you've got a challenge I do have a challenge I've got a challenge for you a quick geeky one okay what so for, for the next episode potentially or if you've got one off the top of your head now very apple centric here what is your favorite you know the wwdc sort of cuts that they do you know like when you when they show like people going in and buying the iphone 5s and they do all the hand clapping and everything oh yeah they do it to music which is your favorite bit of music from all the past events is there any that sticks in your head that when you listen to it, you just say, ah, iPhone 5S, brilliant? Ah, uh, no, I'm not going to be able to answer that. I'd have to go back and watch them all. There I we can't go. even remember and a single your, track. This is your challenge. Mine is, um, is it Sky Full of Stars? I think it was the the iPhone 5S launch, or it was the, rev- the, the iPhone 6 event where they looked back on the 5S launch. Anyway, I like that music. And every time I hear that, I sort of think, yeah. That's the one. Oh, I think it was One Republic as well. They, they do. Anyway, there's a bit of homework ah, yes, for you. A bit of a geeky okay. Challenge. Well, that is genuinely geeky. So you've got to hold my hand up to that. I might even make you a play, play, playlist with them all on, James. Okay, that no, sounds good. <laughs> I, I do. I, I thought I was, you know, geeky watching Apple videos and all the rest of it. And I think you've you've stumped me quite nicely there. So yeah, that's a yeah. good challenge. So so I I had poor internet sp- speed in my house in the UK. You've had acceptable speed on your travels uh yeah not bad actually so i recently went over for a holiday in india Mm. uh had a lovely time uh went to goa uh met up with fellow tech boxian maori who we've had on uh doing a drop-in on previous episodes um spent a couple of days with her and her husband and it was all very pleasant it was very Uh, warm it was nice and warm, yeah. So even though we, I mean, I'm sweating uh, at work and uh, walking in and out of work at the moment. It's like it's not too different to the weather here. I mean, is it me or is it actually quite hot and sweaty in the UK at the moment? I was in a storm this morning, so uh, I'm not. wasn't I was wet, but I wasn't hot and sweaty. It was okay. Sideways wind and whereabouts are you in, in uh, south the of south yeah. <laughs> the south of well, near <laughs> london i guess so well i live in reading so yeah we're not um, that far from each other and you didn't get the storm no no but then i'm indoors all the time so i, I can't really tell hmm. but anyway out in india lovely weather sort of 30 degrees 32 degrees um and i tell you what a lot of the uk operators don't do very good roaming uh, into india it's all very very expensive data right now luckily and we keep going on about this this deal this um vodafone red entertainment deal that uh, a few of us picked up on black friday uh doesn't give you free roaming in india but it does give you r- roaming on your current package for six pound a day ah six so i remember it i remember this and i'm pretty sure it used to be something like three pounds Maybe that's for other other locations or other countries, right. but for in, for a non-EU country that's you know not necessarily covered particularly well by our roaming options, six quid a day isn't too bad. You know, no. what's that? Six times seven is 
42. When you think about, if you look on the internet for like people's bills from when they've been away, and they're like exactly, 2,000 yeah. pounds. You know, that, 42 quid versus 10,000 pounds. Yeah. Pretty yeah. good. Yeah, there's a, there's, a, there's a historical one, I think. It's easily findable. I think it's like 30 grand to orange or something like that. This is the good thing. When you, it used to, I don't know if they still do it, but when you used to um, go away uh, roaming on three, they would send you a text once you're back in the UK and it would say something like, uh, you know, you've used two gigabytes of data, uh, you've saved, you know, £5,000 worth of, um, of <laughs> yeah. potential costs. So yeah. that was a really cute little marketing message they used to give you after, after you, you came saved back on, a huawei foldable phone yes exactly absolutely um but yeah so that so the roaming was decent on vodafone i have to say um i did get hold of a couple of uh local sims for very uh good pricing that gave pretty similar performance to be honest the uh, it, it was slightly quicker on the native Indian Vodafone SIM, yeah. but only because it was presumably going direct onto the internet yeah. and didn't have to come back to the UK before it went. Yeah. Uh, and also a Geo SIM. So the the big sort of um, challenger uh, mobile network in India is Geo. And uh, that SIM was pretty good as well. You know, both SIMs work pretty good the the 4g was not a huge amount different to what it is like over here to be honest you know if you're in a good area you'll get 20 maybe 30 megabits and you know if you're in a bad area you you'll sort of drop down to 3g or you'll get i don't know five or six uh, megabits maybe but yeah the experience was pretty similar and the the range of phones in use over there was always interesting to have a look at they don't have quite the duopoly that we do in terms of just samsung and uh apple they've got a good range over there you know brands that we don't see a lot of over here like blue and v uh vivo and oppo you know they're there's a few of those sort of phones out there um, but, you know, still a fair amount of um, Samsungs and, a, and a, you know, a decent amount of iPhones out there as well. What was the most common one you were seeing when you were looking about? Are, are, are people carrying new devices or are they carrying slightly older models? And obviously, I know you don't know the devices well enough to know the the age. Pretty, no, they were pretty new. They, no one was lugging around. Uh, uh, well, the one guy that I saw who had a sort of uh, Nokia um, feature phone. Hmm. I thought, ah, okay, you know, there's a guy with a feature phone here, but, you know, in his other pocket, he had a a Galaxy, you know. So, um, you know, everyone's got a smartphone, or certainly the ones that I, I saw out there have got a smartphone. And, um, well, there's a lot of Samsung J series, you know, so like the J3, is it J3, 6 and 9 or something? You know, They're there's a lot of those kinds of things. now, are they? No, I mean, the, the, the newer ones are actually pretty decent, yeah. I have to say. I think there's a J4, isn't there, kicking about? I think that looks okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so that was, you know, that I would say that seemed to be quite a popular one, but certainly there was a lot of, um, you know, sort of say generic Android phones, you know, the sort of Oppo and um, Vivo-y type ones. Hmm. Yeah, no, I find it. I find it really interesting seeing what, what people have on the travel, and and isn't it? You know, it's a testament, isn't it, to how good the networks are now. When you think about it, I get faster internet on my mobile phone than I do in my house, and you get the equivalent of when you're away. It's it's crazy. I, I mean, I know five G is on the horizon, but for the likes of me and you, 
it's perfectly fine with what we with with 4G. I mean, I remember when 3G came out, and it, it wasn't that spectacular, but 4G seems to have really bedded itself in well, and it's really yeah, it's a nice sweet spot, isn't it? It's good. It is really good. It's not. It's you know we don't have the crazy costs that we had with 3G when you remember that came out. Yeah. Um, and the whole sales pitch was to video call. Well, you, you know that that went by the way. So it's like when the Apple Watch first version came out. Yeah, it's yeah, be, exactly. You know, it's it didn't know what it was going to be, but 4G sort of hit the ground running, didn't it? So yeah, and I, I, the thing for me is more consistency in the signal. And I think we said this when we had 3G. You know, if mm. I'd have said, and even now, if I'd have said, you know, in 3G you could get up to 25, 27 megabits without too much of a problem if you were stood in front of the mast (laughs) you know i I, there was a mast near my gym and i would always like run a test there just for the hell of it because i always knew it was maxing out the 3g signal you you can Um, always tell when you're a phone enthusiast and you're just running speed test i've run that so many times yeah and um you know if you gave me 25 megabits consistently across a 3g network i'd be more than happy you know to be honest do we need more than 10 megabits on a phone if it was totally rock solid and consistent? No. Well, no, because I, I think this as well. What What is the most bandwidth intensive thing on a smartphone? It, I, so in my experience, I'm not saying this is the same for everyone, but it would be streaming video. Yeah. Uh, streaming something from Plex or yeah. YouTube or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Netflix. And, and I think, isn't 2 meg like the standard? Two meg you can get, you can stream Netflix perfectly fine, YouTube. Yeah, it was probably a touch blocky at that bit rate, but you don't have to go too far north of that to get a nice um, a nice looking picture on a phone. Yeah, certainly um, so you know, by I'm the putting... time you get into sort of four or five megabits, you know, you're starting to get a decent picture there. Yeah, so when I'm pulling down 70 with the EE consistently, there's a lot of, a lot of waste there really, isn't there? Because you can only watch video at what it was designed to do. Yeah, no, exactly, yeah. So I, I don't know. It'll be it will be interesting to see the sales pitch for five G and whether we have to pay a fortune to get it. Or I I think I was an early adopter with four G. I really wanted to get on board with that when EE came along and and all and the like. And I I think I paid a lot to be on a four G price plan versus just a normal three G one. But I don't think I would do the same again. Not with five G. No, and what I fear is having a new phone in 2019 2020 that is a bit compromised because it's got a 5g modem in there sucking up power and yeah and that i'm not using and that, that can't be used so i do hope that uh, we're not going to be compromised with that and constrained with that going forwards for the next couple of years obviously in three or four years once the modems integrated into the soc and the they've you know nailed what all the antennas are going to look like and all the rest of it then fine but i don't want to suffer in the meantime you'll be fine because your foldable phone will have a, a you know a battery on it the size of a house yes so. uh, and hopefully a toggle to turn off the 5g yeah are they not doing a 5g s10 am i thinking this right or yes, yes. yeah 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 is there any different in dimen- in dimensions? Yeah, they're you? making it bigger, yeah. It is bigger, right? Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. So bigger, bigger battery, bigger screen, mm. but um, with 5G, yeah. Oh, right. Interesting, interesting. So your theory is right. They're going to have to crank these devices up to support that. that but uh, then they released the... Well, I hope they're going to release it, but they've um, announced the Xiaomi Mi Mix 3. 
right. with a 5G version that's almost identical to last year's Mi Mix 3 release, but with a 5G modem in it. And the, the battery's the same size, or it's certainly only in the 3000s rather than the 4000s, I think. So there's obviously going to be some people taking a bit of a punt with these devices and just chucking a 5G modem in and seeing how it goes. It will be interesting to see that if you're using the same device, it's 5G capable, but you're using it on a 4G network, are you going to see any battery drain? Maybe it's smart enough to realise, I'm only 4G, let's not even bother activating the extra guts. Mm, that's what you'd hope. I'm but sure... don't you have to activate the guts to check whether you can <laughs> use the 5G? I don't know. Yeah. That's why I hope it's toggleable at least at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Well, I don't know. I sound like I've got a lot of confidence, haven't I? Uh, a lot of blind confidence. Um, just quickly on the S10, while we're touching on it, is it which version would you have? To, if you, have you got one? I don't I've think you have. I've had a play with them. Okay. Um, instinctively, I wanted the, or I would have gone for the S10e. The, the slightly smaller one. Yeah. Um, but when you hold them in your hand, the S10 middle one doesn't feel massively bigger than the S10e, and you do get a significantly nicer screen. And They're very narrow, aren't they? Bigger and wraparound screen. Yes. Yeah, it didn't feel quite as... When I, whenever I used to hold the S8 and the S9, it was almost like I was holding something excessively narrow. Mm. When I held the S10s, it, I didn't get that feeling that it was excessively narrow, but I can only imagine that the um, dimensions are very similar. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I, I thought the middle one was, is probably on balance the one I'd go for. Yeah. What device are you using now, though? So I've put my SIM just back in my iPhone at the moment, just because I've put Android Q onto my Pixel, and I assume that that's not going to be 100% stable, so I've just put my SIM back in my iPhone. And that's the 10, just the, just the only 10, because you never yeah. upgraded, did you? Well, I bought the 10s, but I had problems with the screen not being as good as the 10, so I uh, returned the 10s and kept with the 10. Yeah, see, I, I've got the 10s Max, and quite frankly, I love the large screen. Yeah. Um, I don't think I could probably go down to a smaller screen now. Uh, I think I'm spoiled. really, yeah. I, the size of the phone, I, I'm, 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 I'm just used to it. I really, really am. And I, uh, the things I use a phone for is video. I watch a lot of YouTube on there, and it's, it's perfect for it. Granted, there is a notch in there and it cuts it out, but I, I really couldn't care less. And and this 10s Max is, I'd probably say, I'm going to say it. The best phone I've ever owned, obviously, because it's the newest. But um, no, I can appreciate that. I think um, you know that these iPhone 10s are absolutely fantastic yeah. phones. Uh, the only thing for me is that because I'm I drive to work and then it's kind of in my pocket at work, um, and I'm you know I'm working Monday to Friday most of the day, so I don't have a chance to watch video on my phone pretty much ever because if i'm back in the house i'll pick up a bigger screen yeah you see the the wife will sometimes what can i say um take over the tv yeah Um, so i've got the option of the laptop the ipad or um the phone and quite frankly the phone's there with me and i'll just just you can't be bothered to reach over onto the coffee table you just sort of sat back on the uh, sofa yeah yeah so i don't know i really do like it it's i don't know i think i could live with this for another year easily you've lived with your 10 for what yeah 
two two I, cycles. Yeah, and I do think oh, I would like the better camera. Um, even though I, I actually think the camera on the ten is pretty good. You know, it is. It, it is. It's it, it's very. It gives a very naturalistic photo, which when you're sort of been playing about with, um, you know, the Pixel and uh, other phones which over-process stuff, the iPhone does give a nice natural account of itself. Mm. Yeah, I've always liked the cameras, and I don't know. And there's only one There's only one camera mode, to, you know, as long as you're just using, you're not worrying about doing a panorama or, or um, anything like that. You've only got one camera app. You know, it's all quite straightforward. The, I love the live photos. That they're so brilliant, and it's the best implementation of live photos by far. All the ones on Android are, frankly, a bit rubbish in my opinion. Um, so yeah, the, there's so many. Well, there's so many things to love about the iPhone, but there's lots to love about the iPhone, and especially the camera. Gavin can back me up on this. The simplicity of the camera is probably the the best bit for me because I do every now and again try and use these apps that allow you to manually do it but i yeah. spend all my time messaging gavin to say what does iso mean what yeah, is, yeah. what's exposure what's this and i'm sure he absolutely hates it and he can tell when i'm going through one of these phases and i try my hardest to get something looking like what he produces and i can't yeah. so i just go back well, to the normal camera you just need to install snapseed and let it do um, it for me and then just crank up every single <laughs> slider yeah. until it's maxed out and then save and uh, that'll get you the look you're looking for. I would love to understand the whole photography scene of all, what everything means and how to do it and get the perfect photo. But quite frankly, I don't think I've got the eye. I think it's one of those things you've either got the eye for yeah, it yeah. or you haven't. No matter how and much you read into things and look up things and try and understand yeah. it, I think there well, is a little bit of creative I think it's, pra- it's, it's practice makes perfect. Uh, yeah. And I'm being a little bit disparaging to Gavin because, of course, he uses uh, Lightroom, I think, rather than uh, Snapseed. Hmm. But it, it's part, you know, the, part of the beauty of a good photo, like the ones that we get from Gavin, is of course the um, the actual what do, you, what do you call it? The framing and the um, yeah. Uh, what, what do you call it when you the the composition? That's the word I'm looking See, for. See, I don't even know the word. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. How, that's how far behind. I, I think it helps having a good set of dogs as well to photo. Does yeah, yeah, yeah. having living, a good subject. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, living on a moor or something like that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So getting some dramatic scenery. Yeah, it doesn't and have some... the same bus stop effect if you take a picture of a bus stop. No, see. and a puddle. Yeah, that's raining. Yeah. The dirty, wet dog. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, we can see where that one was going. <laughs> but I, I, I think the thing about um, photography, for me, I like just looking back on what's happening. It's almost sort of like a diary for me. And mm. I don't tend to put a, a load of photos out on Twitter and Instagram. Um, but I do like going back on my personal photos because a lot of my photos aren't that good, but they mean something to me. Do you know yes. what I mean? So yeah. I can look back at pictures of my family and friends and holidays and all the rest of it. And it's just like really good having that um, recorded, if you like. Yeah. And, and that's what I do is it's memories. It's moments in time. I can sit with the wife and I can go, we can go about five years and it's like, Oh, do you remember that? That was brilliant. Yeah, it's about, yeah. yeah. Triggering, and I think, I think 
the cameras that we've got at the moment, they're good enough to do that. They're good enough to yeah. trigger that memory that's associated with that. And you can say, oh, look look at how fat I was or look at how thin I was or look at how yeah, young yeah. I look. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you can always say that when you're going back and looking at your old photos, can't you? Yes. <laughs> oh, that haircut was much better. How old do I look now? So, yeah. No, I, I totally agree. And I, and, I, and I don't share a lot of photos neither. I... I, I don't take photos of things to share. I take photos for me to trigger those memories down the line. Mm. Yeah. No, I totally get that. Totally get where you're coming from. That's episode 36 then. Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us. Thank you, James, for your time and uh, the lovely chat. Cheers, Dave. Cheers, James, and we'll see you all again shortly. Shortly.